Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix 178th film from 2019. It's the French drama Street Flow or Banley Assads. It's directed by Leela Sai and Kerry James. It stars Jamey Diangana, Bakari Diambira, and Kerry James as well. I'm Jesse and I'm here with MJ. How are you? You are here with MJ. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yes, it's good. We uh, got to go to the movies last night together, so that was exciting. So I um, got to spend a little bit of time with you, which is nice. Well, we did go to the movies, and here we are. I was thinking we obviously do this podcast about Netflix films, and it's not that we're advocates for streaming services per se. We still absolutely love going to the movies. We still love the traditional idea of getting to a cinema. And we actually commented about how Thursday night in, in Melbourne, it was it was kind of sad how quiet it was at the movies. Um, I think... I feel like back when I was a bit younger, Thursday night was quite a boom movie night. Obviously, that's the first in Australia when new movies always come out on the Thursday. It was um, it was a little bit sad, wasn't it? It was, yeah. There was the gold classes all locked up. We we got out a yeah. bit after nine or whatever, and everything was all shut down. It was um, we got served by some quite uh, you know, fresh people that didn't know what they were doing, <laughs> and um, you know, just just didn't feel like the movie experience. We had had people eating KFC next to me. It's just like people have forgotten how to live. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Are they, in fairness, we did get served by a man who had a big trainee sticker on his on his badge, and that makes me happy that they're still hiring people. So they're not they're not going anywhere. They're still looking to build and grow. And that dude was. It took about fifteen minutes for us to get three tickets and some candy bar stuff. <laughs> oh god! But no, uh, it's, it's, uh, we'll go again soon. Movie experience is always fun, but we're going to talk today about a streaming experience. So we do our fast flicks to start the show off. So it gives us a quick summary of what we're talking about. What is Sorry, street flow, not fast flow. Street flow, all about <laughs> street flow. Um, I've got a, a family grapples with connectivity as each of the three brothers go down different routes in their life to try and keep their head above water in a dangerous community. Ah, very nice. I, I've used a couple of different um, antonyms. I think that's the right word. What you've used. So yeah. I'm just saying, three brothers, each on a different path instead of route. Um, try to work their <laughs> way out of lower class life. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. Good. All right. This is obviously an international film. We will spoil it as we go along. So if you um, if you want to check it out, go check it out and come back. But what were you able to find out about how this arrived on our streaming services? Yeah, it is obviously, as you said, it's a, it's a French film. Um, so Netflix announced that this movie was coming to its streaming service on, on the 28th of November in 2018. Um, and at, during that announcement, they also um, mentioned they were bringing three other French new series, TV series, and they'd, and they'd acquired four new French films and documentaries. Um, and, and by the time Street Flow was released in 2019, it is worth noting that, you know, and I think to this day it's still true, that a new Netflix film is more or less precluded from theatrical release in France. Um, they've got a, a three-year gap that you need to have before you can play on the big screen to the small screen. So where Netflix in, in other markets sometimes releases some of their big titles in cinemas for a couple of weeks before it comes onto, um, onto the streaming service, France wouldn't allow to do that. If they release it in cinemas, they have to wait three years before they could actually do it. So that's a, that's a different wrinkle. Um, for this reason, Netflix movies are actually excluded from appearing at Cannes Film Festival. 
um, because to be eligible, they have to have been released in a cinema in France. Makes sense because no Netflix movies are being released in cinemas in France. And, and that feud between Netflix and Khan is, is still going on today as far as I can tell. Um, Khan more or less sees Netflix as a bit of a threat to the cinema experience. Interestingly, we just spoke about that <laughs> before we started talking about this film, but I, I think they see it as a threat to the industry as a whole. Uh, in 2021, they basically had a dig at other festivals for allowing Netflix movies to be there, basically giving them too much rope, letting it be too seamless. Um, but despite all that, Netflix has invested really heavily in, in France quite recently. Um, the country itself is arguably one of Netflix's hottest markets in Europe, one of their most important ones worldwide. They opened up a new office in Paris. They expanded their team there. Uh, and they continue to announce a bunch of French productions and partnerships with that local community. Um, I, I don't know if you know that the French language heist series Lupin um, gets a good run. I see when every time I jump on Netflix, it's quite high up there. But that's that's obviously one of the more popular um, French series that does do well with the, with uh, English speaking markets. And it's got a very um, good. Um, it's got the like worldwide appeal too because it's based on a very famous character that um, you know has been adapted across the world in you know anime and um, all those sorts of things. So yeah, that they they do obviously invest a lot. Good context. Um, so yeah, in twenty twenty one, I found it interesting that France was the third highest European country in terms of Netflix subscribers with eight and a half million, behind only the UK and Germany. So it's clearly a really important market for Netflix and their investment in French films, like this one we're about to talk about. And I think that's likely to continue. We've done a few French films in the podcast already. Um, it, it seems that despite the concerns that Khan has with it, uh, the wider population is still very happy to consume Netflix in the comfort of their own homes and it's probably not going anywhere. So that's a long-winded slice of context for where Street Flow fits into the story. Um and as I said, that was announced late 2018. And then a year later, it was it was released on Netflix, October 12, 2019. And according to Netflix, uh, over 2.6 million accounts watched Street Flow within the first week of release. And as we know, we do have a lot of French subscribers, which probably would have contributed to that figure. Yeah, um, well put. I don't have an awful lot to add because you covered that really well. And I think um, the only thing, Kerry James, the one of the, the co-directors and stars in this sort of mentioned that the difficulties that he faced in, in raising the money for this. And obviously, as we've mentioned, you know, hundreds of times on this, that um, without Netflix support, this would never have existed. So I think um, it's just sort of ties into that idea that uh, there are a lot of people that are getting their, their thoughts and their visions and their ideas on screen because of the support from from Netflix, which is, it's it's kind of a good thing, I guess, in the, you know, maybe we are at a stage where we're becoming overpopulated with the amount of content we can we can see, but it is nice to see creative sides getting those opportunities. It's such a good point. And, and the argument that the, the, the Cannes Film Festival makes about Netflix taking away that cinema experience is, is true. Like, it's true that people watching new content at home five years ago felt like a bizarre concept. And, and I think everyone who had their ear to the floor knew that it was maybe trending that way. And I think a couple of years of a pandemic has sped up that process. But I, I remember thinking that the idea of imagine like the, the, a brand new film coming out on a Thursday night and you'd pay money to watch it at home felt so strange. And now 
with Netflix original films, you're not even paying money for it. You've already got your subscription. There's going to be a big film release that comes out. Like obviously last year, not that it was highly acclaimed, but Red Notice with three big Hollywood stars, you can just literally log on, sit on your couch and watch it. Like, and that 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 is new. And that is probably eating into people going to the cinemas. That's no doubt about that. But like you said, conversely, there's a lot of films being made. There's a lot of really talented filmmakers that wouldn't have had opportunities to make films without Netflix's services. And we say Netflix, I mean, everyone's got their own streaming service in some capacity as well now. So it's yeah. it's going to broaden out as much as we can. And, and there's big, big positives to it as well. Yes, very true. So we I mentioned in the, the info that the French title is Banli Assads, which direct translation is, is commuters. So, um, and it's sort of another way that it can be translated is that um, guys from the Banlieue, which is which is in that word as well. So it's like the poor side of France where we see the, or the, sorry, the poor side of Paris. So where we see these characters. And um, yeah, I think uh, the, the, the English translation we might talk about later, it's possibly not, not as good as some of these other translations around the world because Finland, it's called Raised in the Suburbs. Germany, it's called The Choice is Yours, which still fits in nicely mm-hmm. with, with what's said throughout. Um, in Greece, it's called In the Brothers' Steps. And the, the, the mentality of brotherhood in this is very important too, the, the idea of siblings. And um, Poland, Sweden, brothers from the suburbs, similar again, Russia, suburbanites. Um, Spain, it's just called suburban. And Vietnam, it's called The Suburban Boys. So I think really right in a lot of different places for this title. And I think that the English one's probably the worst. Yeah, and it's not to say the English one's bad either. Mm. Yeah. Um, what the, what's the consensus from critics and audiences on this one? Yeah, look, looking at IMDb and Letterboxd, I just, it's very hard to say when we do an international film. I'm just not familiar with the amount of, say, people in France who, who use IMDb and Letterboxd. They're obviously predominantly English platforms, but... Uh, Nonetheless, it's it's a really nice 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb with just 1,500 ratings. Um, and it's even higher on Letterboxd with a 3.4 out of 5, just over 1,000 or nearly 1,100 ratings. So small in the amount of ratings, but uh, but quite popular. Yeah. On uh, Rotten Tomatoes, there's only two critic reviews. They're both negative. So um, there's no consensus on that. And the audience had it at 62%. That's on less than 50 So um, audience still enjoying it, I guess. Um, so I guess that's mm. where we've got most of our, our ability to see what's going on. Not a lot of critics possibly seeing this one. So does that, does that say, I, I, again, I don't use Rotten Tomatoes very often. Does that say it's not fresh or it's rotten or is it not just, no, it's just nothing? It's nothing. Um, oh, that's so good. Because that, so, that would feel so wrong to say it's rotten because two people didn't like it. So you can see the two reviews and they've both got rotten with them, but there's no um, overall result because uh, there's obviously not, not enough. Yeah. Okay. We'll lead into your early thoughts on this one. Yeah, I I didn't mind it. I, I thought <clears throat> there's basically two main there's basically two main plots going on amongst you know the family struggles that existed and and all that kind of stuff. But there's there's Dem's life of crime versus Suleiman's more scholarly path and i have to say i connected so much more with with suleiman's story i think the dangerous gang drug dealing life it's just been done to death and and this movie brought nothing new to the plate in that respect so the other struggle about trying to rise above it and work yourself out of adversity by using your brain and using your education was far more appealing to me and um 
I like the fact that it sort of highlighted the inevitable issues that you still face, but also showing a real path that's, you know, more or less there if you want to take it. I just enjoyed that side of it and was kind of, I was a bit bored by the other side of it. Yeah. It's a tricky one. It was okay. Like, I think the story, the characters and the arcs, they're done nicely, but I think this happens sometimes with international films where I'm not sure if the translation and, and what we're seeing on the screen um, or just like the removal of some of the the issues that aren't necessarily relevant to people outside of France, um, which makes mm. a massive ideology dump, um, which was just too much for me. Um, just such explicit dialogue throughout, especially through um, Solomon and um, Lisa. It was just a bit too on the nose for me. It was very, um, yeah, it, it, there was no mincing words about what the film was trying to say. I do think in its defence, like the, the issues that we see are really, really universal issues around socioeconomic and, and racial stereotyping and things like that. That's that's not like it was a hard leap, but I, I do see what you're saying. Mm. All right, we'll talk about some characters then. And like you said, there's really only two ones that we can really yeah. talk about. I mean, I, I want to start with Suleiman because I just, I, I just, that's, that's, the, this is, he, it was his story for me. And I just think that's just because I connected with it more. I think oh, you could argue that it's very much a 50 50 movie, but I also like saying Suleiman. It's a really, it comes off the tongue really nicely. Um, <laughs> there's a West Indian cricketer called Suleiman Ben. And yeah, it's always felt nice to say. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'd love to say he, <laughs> He loves his mum so much. And I think that's the overarching thing that you take out of this character, that it is this un, undeniable, unwavering love for his mother and, and in turn, I guess, the family unit. But um, I just, I do love how much he loves his mum. But I think it's, it's important to note that he's a really smart guy and, and he recognises that the inherent struggles of growing up with his, with his background and in the neighbourhood that he grows up in it's not something that he wants to be a part of, but being passive uh, in these issues and despite his desire to move away from it, it's just not an option for him. It, it doesn't present him, sorry, it doesn't prevent him from being swept into all the issues that, that, it, that it brings with just because of what he looks like, just because of where he lives. Um, but I still think it's admirable that he recognises that there is a path and, and the education system doesn't actually seem to discriminate if you put the work in and there are clear opportunities for you to do good, leave a footprint if you, if you want to. And, and if you're inspired by that, he doesn't seem to ever be held back in his scholarly path, as opposed to just the fact that sometimes he's a black man walking around the streets, which, which does run into issues. And I, I think that was interesting. Yeah, it's very, very hard to add anything further because I think my, the easiest way for me to look at it is that, They've gone, okay, we're going to have the down and out bam, bad brother who does the wrong thing in Demba. Then you've got um, Nomuk, who's the youngest, who's sort of a mix of the two. Like he, he could go down either path. He could go study or he could go down the path of crime. And then obviously you've got Suleiman, who's the epitome of, you know, doing the right thing, dressing right, trying to study, try to get a career, become a lawyer, look after his mother, do the right thing by the family, volunteer his time. Um, like all those right things and um, and as well like that step in father role I guess as well from the the, the mm. absence of, of a um, male role model in particular for the younger brother um, Numuk but yeah it, it's 
while it's nice and yeah i agree this this whole narrative is is his story really and and what's going on because the others sort of just play off the side of it it just seemed like there's very there was very little or the, the, the times they tried to show light and shade in his character where and i'll probably talk about this in themes it just it was very disjointed and it was like just following plot points to to get to where he needed to be i guess yeah oh yeah that's definitely fair enough Yes. All right. Did, what other brothers did you want to talk about? Yeah. Well, like I mean, Denver obviously is the other side of the coin, um, as you sort of mentioned. And similarly, I think it's fair to say that Denver's Denver's a pretty smart guy as well. I, I think he recognizes where his greatest opportunity lies, and it's hard to ignore the positives that do exist with his gangster life of crime, and, and most notably that being the money that he brings in. Um, but I guess the commentary is that by allowing yourself to earn serious money, you, you live in constant risk of losing your life. And every decision that you make has a consequence that's so much bigger than any other decision that someone else might be making. And, and it's even to the point of the relationships you have, the people that you bring into your circle, how much you can trust them or things that they do that bring you trouble, bring you danger. And, you know, the wrong person can, can get you killed. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's the rub of it yeah it, 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 exactly what, you, what you're talking about it's like you either pick the life of have the the, the um, superficial things that you want and you know have the nice motorbikes have the the nice land and apartment blocks and hang around with the seedy people and and do the not necessarily uh, righteous or uh, legal things that are that are correct or you can do the right thing and, and struggle to get an education um, follow rules and still get harassed by police still end up on the wrong side of the law even though you're not doing anything wrong so um, yeah exactly right um, but it's a conscious decision that's that that's the main thing it's this guy didn't just do it because he couldn't do anything else I get the feeling he, he probably could have done other things but he thought he weighed up the pros and cons and thought this is probably a really good opportunity for me and and Suleiman if you look at it he's doing it much harder than Demba is most of the time Demba's obviously got higher risk in everything that he does, but Suleiman's life is tough. He's literally borrowing money from Denver to to fund his life. Like it's not an easy thing to do. And that's it's pretty flawed when you look at it. It's a pretty flawed system. When uh, exactly. I want to do the right thing and, and get a great education and, and have a prosperous career, but I can't really do that unless I've got someone who's doing the wrong thing to help me get through it. It's yeah, it doesn't doesn't really sit well. Not at all. Uh, any other characters that you wanted to touch on? Yeah, I mean, like, um, Numuk is the youngest brother. And, and this, this movie, he's kind of almost like the audience in the sense that he's the one who's exposed to both sides of, of what you can do. And he's in that impressionable position of deciding which path he might choose for himself. And initially, you can see it pretty clearly that he's enticed by the wealth that a life of crime can bring. And he already has that short temper and ability to get into fights, which is probably more from his environment rather than just who he is mentally, but, um, you know, he, he's definitely leading towards following in Denver's footsteps, but the appeal of Suleiman's sway with words and, and seeing him flex his prowess in that debate, you know, Nomok notices the the benefits of being armed with knowledge and, and does seem to be enticed by that as well. I like that, that word armed with knowledge because it's, it goes so well with, instead of having to arm yourself with weapons like Denver does, then you can arm yourself with, with words and, and knowledge and that can be powerful in certain situations too and yeah i think that um 
I, I like that you touched on too, the idea that he's like the audience that, you know, you're trying to predict where this is going to go and what's going to end up with the characters. And he sort of shows you both sides in leading one way, then, then leading another way too. Mm. Directors. Kerry James. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kerry James obviously is, uh, is Denver. Um, Mm. It's funny when I was, Flicking through some reviews on Letterboxd, the amount of people that said I watched this movie because of Kerry James, who was a French rapper, mm. sort of singer, songwriter, dancer, record producer, also part of the French hip hop and rap collective Mafia K1 Fry. I'd be lying if I said I was familiar with Kerry James. Um, but apart from apart from that, he's, he's very little acting and, and no directing prior to this. So it's kind of his real first foray into the world of the cinematic universe um, obviously had a story to tell. And then you've got Layla Sai, uh, who's a co-director with him. And this is, from what I can gather, her first directing credit that wasn't a music video or a short. So um, pretty new to this scene too. Yeah, I think from what I can gather, from what I've read, everything you've said is 100% on, on the mark where, um, and that's where they probably predict a lot of the audience from France got on board with this as well, is, is through Kerry James because of his popularity and, um, I think Layla was brought on board because of work that she'd done with his music previously. So, um, yeah, n- nice little story, I guess, but I can't really see the two of them working together on anything else really because I think this is a passion project for, for Kerry James. I, and look, who knows? They might have just loved it and they want to bring it up other ideas, but you can tell this is a story they wanted to tell and that's, that's kind of where it landed. Cool. All right. Well, that leads us into scenes. So what are some things you enjoyed? Yeah, I... Firstly, as I said, I immediately connected to the scene where um, Suleiman and is it Lisa got got that debate topic. Um, it was just such a change of pace to the world that I thought I was going to be watching. Um, you know, I, I was I just wasn't that interested in the first little bit of the movie because this this as I said, this drug stuff, this gangster stuff has been done to death, and seeing them in that you know beautiful um, whatever. What, what room you want to call it, but getting that debate topic and, and laxing lyrically, waxing lyrically about, um, you know, their thoughts, their ideas, that little fun, flirty competition that they had. It was just, it was just nice. It, it, it just felt like, okay, maybe this movie is going to be more than just a down and out drug story about a family who's got their backs against the wall. So I really appreciated that. And that actually ties into the next scene that I liked, which was them on the, on the rooftop garden. I thought it was, I thought it was quite a beautiful scene, but um, it got to a point where I was highlighting that there may be a little, a little love story amidst this, this drama that was going on. And I, I like that, that, and that, that, that Suleiman story just connected with me so much more. I just wanted to see more of it. And um, when there was a little bit of a romance, I'm like, well, this guy's got a decision to make. Like he's obviously like a stand in father figure. We know that she's going to be, um, you know, leaving Paris, imminently basically and if there's a connection between these two he's got to make a decision and i i like that that was that was a story that i'd rather see than than the drug stuff as i said so um those two really tie into each other i thought probably the um probably the strongest scene of the film was was in the hospital and i think the main thing you notice here is that numok is still a kid because up to this point he's behaving badly he's gone off the rails and it's almost at the point where like I'm going to go off and do my own thing. You can't control me. But this, this kid is so upset and so beaten down by the fact that his mum's sick, you know, potentially almost died. 
and you really begin to notice that. But I think also on top of that, you notice that, that they're still a family. There's, there's still so much strength in that unwavering loyalty that families can do when the chips are down. And Demba, who's more or less alienated from the family, you know, becomes a part of it immediately. Like he's, he's shooken up by, shaken up by all this. And um, that, that strength of the family unit um, is as strong as you, you've seen in any other film. And I, I do like that, despite the way it might have been portrayed before I think, that. Yeah, that, I think that I agree with you. I think this was one of the strongest scenes of the film where um, just the, the way that the camera was positioned too. And obviously we'd seen previously that Demba was, you know, the mum had yelled at him on the street, keep away from him. It was just nice to see the three brothers together for the first time in the one shot. And then obviously him holding the mother's hand with the camera focusing on that. But in the background, you've obviously got the two other brothers sort of embracing each other, which it, it was nicely done and, and created that, that feeling of, um, family between them which we hadn't quite seen yet because they were very disjointed so i I, I further support what you said we hadn't seen it and and i didn't really know that we were going to see it like i didn't realize that's where they were and that's you know again it's just a testament to the to the family values of it all Uh, and the final one i do want to mention is is the debate i think the debate is the heartbeat of the film it's as it is a little bit on the nose because the debate is basically what this film is trying to say. And it's basically more or less a 10 minute scene of talking about the issues that this film is spending 90 minutes talking about. And that's strange, but I don't think I didn't want to remove myself from how great those performances were by both those people in that debate. I thought it was almost poetry in motion. uh, The way that they were bouncing off each other, the passion that they were showing and what they were talking about. It was still very meaningful. I think if you've got a film where you're going to have a debate in it, it's an opportunity to, ha- to, to shoot a really good scene that looks great, sounds great. And you'd be crazy not to introduce a theme or talk to a theme that isn't a really important part of the film. In this case, it was almost too explicit. It would have been better if it was um, something that is quite different but still references the same points of it. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was really good to watch. I thought they did a great job. It, it, it came across really, really nicely. Um, and I wasn't expecting it to be that good. I thought both of them, excellent performances in that debate. It really stood out to me. Um, I, I probably my favourite scenes in relation to how the, the tension or the, the, the differences between the socioeconomics and the race, these were the two scenes that were done well. And I think that the first one for me was the kids on the bus that on the bus, the bus drivers tell them, you know, turn the music off. They're so rude. They're aggressive. You can see the fear in the people on the bus. And, and, you know, all we needed was the mother to sort of say, you know, show some respect sort of thing. And then they listened to her straight away. And I really liked that, that idea of the respecting the, the elders and the culture and, mm-hmm. and, you know, leaders like this of, of the older generation that are able to actually um, influence and make, um, you know, and, uh, not necessarily decisions, but um, enable actions to be changed or, or, or things like that. And I, I think that that tied in very well with the, the scene where um, he's running down the street to catch the train and the police, you know, pull him over for no reason, want to see his ID, all that sort of stuff. I, I think that they were done really well in context with the messages that we heard throughout the, the debates and things like that too. Like you've got the state, the police proving their powers and all those sorts of things. And they were done visually really well rather than verbal dumps. So I, I enjoyed those those scenes more probably than than the debating um i think that i like the scenes too where where um soul is is sort of taking 
the younger brother, um, Namok's video games and the phone and, and things like that, where they, they, they just did it in this nice way in that it's like, okay, you're, you've been expelled from school. This is, this is how it's going to be. If you're not at school, you, you're at home with me. I'm going to take on that role and support you in doing the right thing. So I like that. Um, and then the final thing, like towards the end, the subtlety of, of um, Seoul getting that certificate after the, the debate and the mum putting it with the photos of the dad who's obviously missing and, and that unfolding of the photo of, of Demba as well. I, just, I thought that was a nice little touch that probably could have been a better finish to the film than what we actually did get. Yeah, you could be right, yeah. All right, what are, what are some things that you didn't like? Yeah, not, not much. I think the, the fight scene at, near the start with Nimok at school I don't think that I just don't think that was done very well. Um, I don't think it it captured the damage that was caused. Firstly, I think they just kind of scuffled a little bit, and they both almost had like broken eye socket sockets. Um, and it almost felt like a fight for the sake of a fight. I think we could have felt a better find found a better way to get him expelled or something like that. It it didn't. I don't. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it just it felt a bit clunky to me. Um, and they added and the, like other the, thing- the, the racial um, the racial insult and the part of it being the rival gang and stuff like that. It just it was like these little loose things to try and give a reason for it. So I agree with that. <clears throat> yeah. I um not a scene, but I, I do think this film just suffered a little bit from the low production values. I thought I thought the lighting and the colour scheme felt really cheap and it felt really amateur. And that stuff doesn't get in the way of a really good story, but it did take away from my experience a little bit. I, I felt like I was watching something very amateur. Um, and I apologize for saying that, but it's, it's just how I felt. Okay. That's it. That was it. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, I got a couple of, a couple to add. I think um, the, the first shot with the, the, the gang sort of sitting in the car. I mean, it was just so obvious that this was going to be a, a shooting that it just, I don't know. We've seen those like, and there's a lot with this film that we've seen this done before in a different way. So I think a lot of the obviousness of things really like got to me. So like, for example, the, the boxing scene where, um, you know, Denver takes the younger brother to, to the boxing to sort of build his character and introduce him to someone who's gone down and out from the, the, the career. It wasn't really needed. Like it just sort of frustrated me. It's like we, we need to have like a sporting connection or a montage or a role model that we need to to implement. Um, and the same with the, all the practicing or the recording of the speeches into the phones by Lisa and and so like these words might look nice on paper, but when you're doing a a visual form, they don't necessarily. And I, this could be through the translation as well and, and looking at, at subtitles on the screen. It just felt real off for me. Um, I'm a dialogue man, Jesse. I love good dialogue. I get it. Yeah. It's a little bit forced because it's, yeah. it's not necessarily back and forth. But um, I don't know. I, I I don't share your views of that. That's I get you, you, it's a visual medium and there's more you mm. can do. But, you know, I don't mind watching a movie about a debate and seeing them come up with their arguments. But, yeah, that's that's cool. And... You know, this is another thing that, like, I sort of enjoyed the or thought that the scene with um, Sol being chased by the police was was good, but the the mini breakdown following that was just like a rushed, weird mm, little situation where he goes to get weed, drinking, smoking on the rooftop, ignoring Lisa's calls, and then the music just becomes so dramatic, and you get that fake rain on the rooftop. It was just for for that turning point that, that you're supposed to have for a character. It just uh, it made me laugh. 
to be honest. He, um, yeah, and he was so far away from having anything like that. And I'm not, yeah, it's not to downplay what happened to him and, and the impact that it had on him. Mm. Here's a guy who's literally spending his couple of weeks trying to formulate an argument about why this isn't the case and he's mm. just been slapped in the face by it. But it was way too dramatic, you're right. Yeah, like it would have been better to just cut to him in the room with the anger preparing for what he's going to argue which they mm. did do, but they just included this as like, oh, we need to show more about how upset he is. Um, Even the anger was too much for me. He, 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 like, he got way too angry. And this is probably, he was such this a is, cool guy. Like, Yeah. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, exactly. He could have dealt with it in a better way. Um, and yeah. this is where I'm going to completely just like the, the final debate. I know that you liked it. I, I, just I knew you that, didn't. That's why yeah, I was, yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah, arguing I harder. Was I could tell. <laughs> So the, the the big moment of the film, like you know, you have a and if it's same in like courtroom drama films, like they're sitting, they're in this chamber, they're they're arguing against each other, they've had this this conflict where they're they're not talking to each other, and for such a big moment of a film, and it's not necessarily the performances were you know like you mentioned, they were, the, the performances were fine, but just like the pans across the audience as if they're so captivated and and the you know the standing at the end and the like just for the big moment of the film, I just thought it was complete rubbish. Um, I apologize. <laughs> I was captivated. I was almost standing at the end. I'm so bad with debates. If you're good at debating, every time you argue, I will be like, this guy's going to win. And then they'd read, but, and I'd be like, not nah, that person's going to win. Like I get so convinced. You're saying this while you're in your hand. People can't see this, but you've got like a judge's gavel in your hand. Like, is it, is it, this is a cricket bat mallet that you're knocking a cricket bat with. Sorry, sorry sitting next to me at the desk. I didn't realize that. Like order, you know, order. I'm, I'm right. I'm right. <laughs> oh, wow. Good timing. All right. Um, fill us in. What, what are some themes and some ideas? Well, I mean, if you've got 10 minutes, why don't you just watch the debate and then you, you, you can see all the themes and ideas that they did have. But um, not the biggest theme of the film. I do want to talk about the fact that the movie did seem to forebode tragedy all along. There was that uneasy feeling of living dangerously um, that was always going to happen. There was always going to be something that happened. And that kind of bothered me a little bit, but it just made me remember that this wasn't, this isn't a coming of age movie or a coming to terms movie or a broken family coming back together. This movie was social commentary it, it, as much as it was. And that final scene of, we've done our spoiler alert. Yep. <laughs> the finals, the final shot of shot of Denver getting shot just, just proves to you that this is all about social commentary. They have something to say about what is happening in their society and they're not happy about it and it doesn't feel right. And this is the result of it because another movie would say this family who is disconnected, who have gone down really difficult paths in a really difficult society uh, have come together despite all their, despite the odds and are making it work. And they're two different movies. And maybe that second option doesn't tell this, tell the message as strong as it had to, which is why they did what they did. So I think it's important to note first off that this is social commentary more than anything else. Now, there's a big theme about family in this film, and I think it's captured and done really, really well, particularly when it's done about the strength of family, dealing with everything that you can, dealing with your differences uh, when the chips are down. And obviously that social commentary I spoke about is, you know, so much to do with the socioeconomic side of it and racial profiling and, and just 
literally the, the cards you dealt at birth and, and how you can't change them. You can do whatever you want to try and change them. But, you know, inevitably in the world we live in right now, it's really, really difficult to change the perception of it. Yeah, very nicely put. I just lead in and the, the idea that the difficulties of the minorities, I guess, with, you know, the idea of low income, the crime, the handouts, you know, having to work for your money and then um, marginalised youth as well, like, you know, the, they promoted this idea of choices, 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 choices. And, you know, you've got to make that choice um, as to whether you're going to stand there and, and accept this idea that, um, you know, the representation of of what the government or what the authorities are are mainly non-minority people. And, um, you know, the, the police, the politicians, the lawyers, all those, all those people are, aren't representative of the people that are struggling the most in this society. So I think that, you know, realistically it's a really good message um and i think it can be done really nicely and in parts it was but um yeah i I think i just struggled with the the dump of it um in that final debate yeah fair (laughs) enough what did you take away from this one yeah probably not straying too far from what we just spoke about i think there were some interesting takes on on a culture that i'm not familiar with but still i mean as is um, proven by our conversation, still really universal concerns. I mean, I, I can't necessarily tell you the exact issues that they had in their society, but the general side of it, you know, we see in basically every culture. Um, and I think the other main takeaway I do have is that that Suleiman story really did intrigue me and, and the Denver stuff, which was still an important, sorry, important part of the Suleiman narrative it just overshadowed it a little bit. And I think we spent too much time in a story that I've seen before and I wasn't interested in. I didn't care about the deals gone wrong. I didn't care about the other drug deal that worked in the same town and they had their feud with and they were shooting at each other. I didn't care about any of that. And then, and I guess that's to say that sort of, that stuff wasn't done as well. Um, but I just think there was too much of it. There was too much screen time of it and I just wasn't interested in it. Yeah, yeah I think that's a fair point. I, the, the intro sort of, they, they try to set this scene with like the, the radio report with the hot weather and uh, record breaking temperatures. And uh, you know, it's just so, um, this is done in a lot of films when you're trying to highlight tension or racial injustices and, and Spike Lee's do the right thing, does this as well. Does, it starts off the film exactly like that, but you see that run throughout through the, you know, the hoses going up in the streets and the, the scolding heat and kids trying to stay, um, you know, cool and things like that. Whereas it's like they set that up to try and be like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Let's have that. They're telling you that it's hot. Yeah, Yeah. it's hot. You know, but then they just, you know, it's like, oh, we just put that in there because we wanted to pay homage or it's a cool idea and there's no follow through throughout. So it um, it didn't feel hot watching it. Like, no, not at all. (laughs) I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah, but that's that's the opening. So it's like, cool. I know what this is about. It's like this this conflict that's going to happen and. It just didn't. It was like might as well not have put that in there at the start. Was that a friend? Was it a French film that we did? Um, Who would you take to a deserted island? Mm, did the same. They thing, did the it? exact same thing, but was it that, that movie French? felt hot. Mm, was maybe did, Spanish, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah and that, that felt hot, hot the whole time. <laughs> that yeah. actually followed through. With it. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, did you jump on IMDb to look anyone up? No, I me either. So, did you have any questions you wanted to ask? Do you think the government is responsible for the... <laughs> I can't remember the exact debate topic. 
If I was to ask uh, you that question, though, do you think the government is responsible for the, uh, the whatever is they phrase it as, like the, the suburbs? Or... Is the state solely responsible for the situation of the French suburbs? Um, what do you reckon? After watching that movie, do you have a take? I don't know enough about um, French politics or the suburbs of France. Based on the me, movie, though, based on the movie. Based on the movie, I think that there are a multitude of factors and it's a, a definitely a factor that needs to be spoken about, but I don't think you can completely blame everything on one reason. Yeah, that's fair. They're both really good arguments, though. I think they both argued it really well. Really? <laughs> good. Um, I said this, like, the title, like, Street flow. You've, you've mentioned that you didn't necessarily connect a lot with Denver's character. So that title is more in relation to him and his side of things than anything else. So I, I really like the the other ideas of this being about like the commuters or because we we see um, we see Soul traveling on the train all the time, trying to get from place to place, and and he's obviously struggling to get there. He's always late, and he blames it on the government and he, and all those sorts of things. I, I just like that title a lot more. Yeah. I don't. I don't think that the title "Street Flow" doesn't talk to the fact that um, Suleiman is from that kind of street upbringing, and he's and you sort of the flow is talking about the direction that everyone can go. Um, I don't think it takes away from that as well as much, but um, I do think the the commuter's title is pretty strong too. Good, um, and I touched on this before. The final scene. Um, the- like you mentioned that that idea of there's going to be some sort of grief or, or something's going to happen. There's going to be something that happens here. And did we really need the shooting with a big scream of no, as the camera goes up into the sky? Like, is that, is that a good way to end this film or, or could have we given a bit more? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how to, to, to state it, but I just feel like there was something a bit iffy with that ending, especially when yeah. then we, we saw the other brother studying a little bit. Yeah. Sitting his exams yeah, he, as well. Yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, he's late to his exams. Um, yeah, yeah. I I know what you're saying because the whole time watching this movie, I was just waiting for someone to get killed, basically. Um, which which takes away from it in a big way. Um, but I don't know why it felt so meh to me, because there's a part of me that sits there and completely understands that you need to kill someone off in this story to truly get your point across about the issues that are happening and how we need to do something to fix it. Makes sense to me. As a, as a film lover who connected with one of the characters, I, I kind of wanted the happy, happy ending, happy family because they'd, they'd shown their adversity or they got through it. But I understand why not. If you really wanted to make the point, then you kill off Suleiman instead of Demba. Because Demba mm. was much more expendable. If you really want to get that point across, people finish watching it and they're a bit shitty and they go, oh, kind of wish you didn't do that. But the point gets across even stronger. So, yeah, it, it's... And, and maybe that feeling of like a bit... That, that last scene feeling a little bit like it just lacked any kind of punch or anything might have had a little bit more to it. And it was almost like they were trying to... Uh state that maybe it was going to be the younger brother as well on his way to the exams that something was he was going to get kidnapped or something was going to happen and i think that still could have worked better as well um than than demba because that well that's the thing yeah the collateral damage the collateral damage from something i mean the kid did something wrong himself so Mm. i kind of get that but you kill suleiman who the guy has you know done a done put a foot wrong his whole life you kill him purely because 
he's accidentally been killed because of what his brother did. That's where you show that there's a true, true problem. The man who has stayed away from this problem his whole life still gets drawn into it. He didn't do anything, but he still, as a, as a, we've seen how his passive attitudes towards it can still get him pulled over by the cops for no reason. This is how far it can go. Exactly. That would have been a stronger ending. I like that. Well, what are your final thoughts for this one? Let's bring it all together and, and give a rating out of five. Yeah, look, it, the movie was all right. It, there's, a, there's a really strong voice in the narrative and it was clearly a story that they wanted to tell for the right reasons. And for that, it makes it engaging enough to sit there and watch it. I don't think I was ever drawn too heavily into it. And as I said, that foreboding of the tragedy felt... The foreboding was so strong that it felt like I wasn't moved at all by the time that it actually hit. And maybe doing something a little bit different like we just spoke about would have would have given strength to that ending. But I'm still giving it three stars. Nice. Yeah. I, and I think I probably made this clear throughout anyway that the, the idea of the themes with words rather than visuals was probably the part that sort of threw me a bit with this where I would have liked to have seen more enacted throughout the the characters and their situations than just through the, the debate, I guess. And, and that's because it's a visual medium. So I wouldn't mind, like, I don't mind listening to a podcast or something where someone goes backwards and forwards through this or, or it's something on television, whereas this is a feature film. So I, I still think that ideas are, are decent and they need to be shared, but I don't think that this is a much watch when, sorry, I must watch when there are so many other films that deal with these, themes and ideas in a much better way um so i'm giving it a two two out of five yeah makes sense good. two and a half so good we're on socials check us out if you can give us a search question i just wanted to put out there was was it unusual to see a film set in paris without much romanticism because really the the, the romantic connection played a bit of a backline in this and you think of paris as the city of love like city of love yeah, yeah I, it's good question it's and you know what I'm, I'm a big advocate for there not having to be a romance in every single film that you make and mm. i i feel like in more modern times that's becoming more of a thing i think there was a period there where every single movie you watch had some kind of romantic connection in so some cool. capacity like like it was a box that had to be ticked mm. um so this and then this film had it kind of like mm. it was a box that had to be ticked but i think it served mm. a different purpose than actually some some romance it, it gave a something for Suleiman to, to add to his list of how the hell am I going to tackle this next problem? So um, good question though. Yeah, I wasn't, yeah, I, think, I like it. Cause yeah, I think, I don't know whether they're <laughs> based on what we've said, I don't know whether they did it purposely, but it can lead into that idea that um, that's the struggles of this side of Paris is that it's really hard to, to be able to have any romantic connections because you're so focused on where the police are, what struggles, how you're going to feed get food you know we've only got eggs in the fridge that's all we can have for dinner those those are more prior like higher priorities than worrying about you know going out on a date falling in love yeah, yeah. it's a good point and, and look at this is this is the side of paris that we don't have movies about when they talk mm. about it being the city of love they're not talking about this side of it and you can't just ignore it it's it's a part of it there was um another i think i think maybe you missed this one there's a netflix film i did called paris is love or paris is up sorry paris is us 
Um, and it, it, it's very much about that. But it had the, 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 the social disconnection in the background of what was going on. Um, so, yeah, I think it just felt weird looking at this film compared to that when that was so focused on the idea of a, of a connection between two people, whereas um, this one obviously poss- possibly purposely as well has, has gone a different way. So, yeah, good. Why is Paris a city of love, Jesse? I've never been, and I, I, I'd, I'd hate to go there and feel let down. What would I be expecting? I didn't like Paris, so um, I'm probably not the right person to be asking that question. I found it really dirty and not my favourite place in the world. So, I mean, the Eiffel Tower, it's nice to go out and check it out. But, you know, yeah, the, the homeless situation and the gyp- the gypsies that hang around that area and I don't know, I just, yeah, around the Eiffel Tower, they were everywhere, pickpocketers. Right. Um, yeah, interesting. But, no, I don't know, not the right person to ask that question. Uh, maybe it's all a myth. Maybe, maybe, but a lot of people love Paris. So, um, yeah, personal, okay. personal preference. We will be back next week, though. Um, and we're, it's completely different. We've got a horror from 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Eli. Um, it's directed by Kieran Foy, stars Kelly Riley, Sadie Sink, Lily Taylor, Max Martini, and Charlie Shotwell. So, I'm excited. I always, I never look ahead to I watch it. I always wait to see you name like the director in the cast. And like my ears are working really hard if I recognize the name. And when you say a horror, I'm like, oh, I don't reckon I'm going to recognize any of these names. And when I don't recognize any of these names, I'm like, okay, I kind of already have a feel for what this movie might be like. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I love it. You know, I love horror. I Like I have no context behind it either. Sadie Sink, that name rings a bell from one of the 180 things we've done. I reckon that might be okay. my IMDb. I, I don't know. I'm just putting it out okay. there. That name does ring a bell. Not for me, it doesn't. But um mm. Sadie, Sadie, yeah, maybe. Was there a character called Sadie that we did? Possibly. I don't know. All right, let's, sure. uh, we'll discuss it next week. You've got a better memory than me, so you've probably already proven me wrong. So. <laughs> I don't, like, I, yeah, I could just be flat out wrong. But um, <laughs> Looking forward to it. I love horror movies. Good. All right. I'll see you then next week. See you then. <laughs>